Hello. Hi, guys. If you hear the back, the car in the background, that's because I am in my car and it is on because it's a bit chilly. <laughs> so, hello. What's up? Um, I just saw Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's such a good movie. It was so good. Five out of five. It was so good. I mean, I mean, I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once good. It was so good. It was so good. And it didn't have to be overly complicated to do that. Not a lot of movies can do that. It was fantastic. The animation was spectacular and inspiring. The the performances, the performances, they were, it was fantastic. It really was. Okay. But I've been... And that, like, inspired me. It partially inspired me to make this episode. This is going to be a quicker one because, like I said, my car is running. So maybe 15 minutes, maybe 30. I'm going to... We'll see. I've been thinking about this for a bit now. And I've been thinking of it a bit um, after New Year's. And it's just... And I thought of it more after I watched Midnight Midnight Gospel. It's on Netflix. It's also a spectacular animation. It's a, it's a TV show. It's pretty much a podcast with animation. And the podcasters interact with the universe around them, which is really interesting, until you get to the last episode. I think it's episode eight. I, there's not even like 10 episodes. I think it's episode eight. And um, it's a podcast with the podcaster. Let me look up the name real quick. Yeah, the podcaster Duncan Trussell. He um, he's the main writer. I mean, main writer and the narrator. He's the podcaster, right? And the last episode is him podcasting with his mother, um, interviewing his mom. And I'm almost positive because of what we find out in the episode right beforehand that his mom is dead by the time this show is airing. And also because it's just straight audio and the animation is built around the audio. And while in every other episode, the podcaster and whoever he's interviewing, the interviewee, I suppose, they both um, interact with the environment around them. But of course, in this, in the last episode, the mother can't interact with the um, people around him. I believe she died before this show was even conceived because originally he really does just podcast and interview people and yada yada i haven't looked that much into it but i'm pretty sure I, i'm correct because of what happened in the episode right before i'm pretty sure if i'm wrong you know apologies my bad i was wrong god um <laughs> but the reason i think it's so spectacular is because in the last episode we yeah she's dead because in the episode before he says both of my parents are dead i buried them already is what he says. So it's not a spoiler in this last episode. In the last episode, if you don't, if you want to watch Midnight Gospel before I say anything, go watch. It's not like a spoily type of show. It got canceled, so there's not going to be a season two. There's not nothing else happens. <laughs> Unfortunately, it got canceled because Netflix gets rid of all the good shows. Now I'm going on a rant. But on the last episode, we we find out that Duncan Trussell's mother has cancel while she's being interviewed during this time she's maybe not suffering um i don't think she would have said suffering from cancer but she would say she has cancer and that's what she said i have cancer 
And um, she was told when she first got told she had cancer, she was told that she had like about three months to live. She calls her kids eventually. I don't know, you know, the life span. Of she, she calls her kids and she says, hey, guys, I have cancer. I have three months to live. And he was recording the interview like four years later. Um, so she never knows when she's going to die. But she's been told multiple times, like, you're going to die soon. And she said after that, that's why the most alive she's ever been. And this is why I realized. And this is the point she's trying to make in the show as well. And maybe she wouldn't say it like this. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so my friend said, while, she was, while I was watching this episode, she came in and she saw a part of it. And um, she was like, Kai was like, yeah, I mean, live like you got cancer, man. That's what we got to do. And I was like, no. And this is why I'm telling you guys as well. We have cancer. We do. You have cancer. Your mom has cancer. Everyone has cancer. And we're going to die. This is a fact. And ma- and maybe not cancer is the right word. But like that's the word we like hearing, right? That's the word that makes everyone go, oh my God, I'm going to die soon. So yeah, you have cancer. Or better yet, you're going to die soon. And maybe soon is tomorrow. tomorrow. Maybe soon is in a second. Maybe soon is 50 years from now. But you are going to die. That's the only thing that we all know will happen for sure. No matter what. You will die. Your soul will escape this planet, leaving your body to waste away and deteriorate and do whatever. We are all going to die. And I'm not saying that in a way to make us all afraid because I'm going to be honest. Sometimes when I was thinking about this earlier in the year before I watched Midnight Gospel and Puss in Boots and before I was just very anxious in the beginning of this year and the end of last year because I said this in the first episode of season two. I was having, I feel like I had a very bad year last year. I feel like it was really bad. And it may have been my first year when I really, like I will say, I feel like I I really just had depression. (laughs) And I hate saying like, oh, I have depression. I'd rather say, oh, I was just so depressed. Because it doesn't sound like a mental illness when you say the other one. But to be real, I feel like I I was suffering from depression and not to self-diagnose myself i'm not a fucking doctor but i feel like well i know if i did go to a um <laughs> to a um to a psychiatrist they'd have to diagnose me with something i need that i need that insurance to pay them <laughs> um but yeah i feel like I, I really do and i was just miserable all the time and i was like so effing sad and i i hate when you know i know we don't use that word a lot but i was just sad I was blue. That's the correct word. I was so blue. And I was waiting for my life to begin. That's what I would say. I would be like, when will my life begin? And then I'd start singing Tangled. <laughs> um, but like, seriously, I was, I, I hated it last year. I hated it. And so when this year came, I was like, something has to happen, please. And I was like praying all the time. And I said this, I feel, I was praying like, God, please give me a reason to live. Because I would, I would never kill myself. I really wouldn't. But I was just like, I don't know what to do. I just knew I couldn't keep living the way I was. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything tr- drastic has happened in my life since then and now. In fact, nothing. I've still gone to work. I've, I call the same people. I hang out with the same group of people. Nothing much has changed, honestly. <laughs> um 
but I think my perspective may have changed and maybe it'll change back. But for now, I'm happy it is what it is. Because now the way I want to view life is like cancel. And I remember viewing this, viewing it this way during the summer. I'd be at work and I'd say to myself, what am I doing here? And I'd say, I'm calling out. And I'd go to the beach and I'd just watch the sunrise and sunset. And I'd look at into the stars. I actually didn't see the sunset. It, it's kind of scary at night if you're by yourself. But I'd watch the sunrise. <laughs> and, I'd, and I'd look at the waves and stuff. And I'd be like, "How? look at everything out there. What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm racing away. But now I don't know if it, I don't want to think of it as like such a childish way. I'm like, obviously we have responsibilities and we must do what we have responsibilities to do. But I feel like just the changing our perspective sometimes can be the thing that like helps us live. You know what I mean? Like, like help us live. This is, I keep praying like, God, give me a reason. I'm, I'm the reason The I don't know this, the sunrise is the reason, right? Wake up in the morning so you can see the sunrise. That's a reason. Everyone doesn't get to see it every morning. You know what I mean? And like, Sometimes I just feel like, and I'm talking from an American perspective, and I'm talking from maybe a middle-class American um, perspective, just FYI. And so I feel like sometimes we we, we know, like, we, we get so fucking jealous of everyone above us and everyone better than us and living better lives and more lavish, like, let's say that, maybe not better, but more lavish lives than us. And we're just like, well, I'm just suffering down here. I'm suffering. And I know, now I know how my mom must have felt when I said I was suffering. But, like, I think my perspective, the way I was thinking, put me in a, in a, in a suffering mentality. Because I think now I'm in a more hopeful mentality. Ment- mentality. <laughs> I don't know if this year is going to go well. But I just want to look at it from a more positive perspective, from a more hopeful perspective. Like, I have cancer. I'm going to die. I'm so happy that God or the universe or or that or whatever you want to believe in woke me up today. Sure, yeah, I say, yeah, I woke myself. I, I woke up on my own. But, like, kind of. I mean, my alarm clock did. Like, I don't know. Like, my eyes just woke up. Um, woke up or anything i didn't tell myself hey wake up now and then my body was like okay yeah we'll wake no like something i i it's it's luck because everyone doesn't wake up every morning it's luck sometimes you crack your neck so hard in the morning you go to a chiropractor you get your neck crack you have a good day you go to bed and boom you have a heart attack in your sleep and you're dead okay or you have a stroke or like your heart just gives out i don't know but like those people who have died in their sleep for no special reason and and i didn't so hallelujah right (laughs) i don't know i feel like i should be more grateful for what i get to experience like i'm sitting in my car and it's and i get to watch the rain literally right now that's what's happening i'm sitting in my car and i get to watch the rain last year i didn't have a car hallelujah right or when i'm in my apartment i get to sit in my apartment and watch the rain with my fucking cat like hallelujah i don't know like okay <laughs> let, let me calm down before i just ramble and just say hallelujah again because <laughs> i know that's just so painful to listen to when you really hate your life right 
So um, something else I've been thinking of, and it adds on to what I've been saying, is this whole, I, I want to think in a more neighborly way, right? We're all neighbors, and we may think we're not, but we are. We need each other. We need each other. And I think that due to the American society, once again, um, you know, we all have phones. More people have phones than they have a restroom to use. We all have fucking phones. And so we don't need to see people, each other in person. We think they've brought us together. And some, they have the possibility to, but it doesn't always. And I feel like you could be right by someone, but you feel like you're miles away. And I know you feel that way because you sit in class and you don't talk to anyone. Or you sit in a bus and you don't look at anybody. Right? Or like, like, we, we, uh, you know, you don't need, and you don't need to. And we could go anywhere we want with planes and cars and stuff, but we, we don't, we don't go to each other. I don't know. There's not a connection. Have you guys read the um, graphic novel N? I cannot remember the name of the writer, but it's called N. Look it up. Just look up N graphic novel, and and he talks about a lot of what I'm saying right now, just like the connection to another person. I feel like. That's something else because, like I said, we're all neighbors and and we take that for granted. And I know we do because I know the type of people, and I complained about this in the last episode, the type of people who will, like, come into the place I'm walking at and treat me like I'm nothing and just, like, throw their clothes on the counter and won't look me in the eye. I'm like, you need me here. You need me to check out. You can't check out if I wasn't here. You would not be checking out right now. You couldn't. The doors would be locked. You wouldn't get to have your new t-shirt. You need me. And the people who work at McDonald's and Wendy's and whatever fast food company you go to, you need them. You need them to make their flies. You need to. Because think of this. When you're like with a mom, when you're a little kid and you have a mom, you don't think of her like, oh, and she she loves me. And oh, she does. You know, because you can't grasp it. And it's not your fault. You literally are unable to grasp it. Right? So you just think about this of this woman or whoever your motherly figure was, I hope you had one, everyone didn't, I know, but whoever that figure was to you, you think of them as like, not as a someone you love, you just say, I love you because your mom says, I love you to you. And you just, you know, we're parenting our parents, but you look at them as a chef. You do. They make you your food. They made you the um, PJ, I mean, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, whatever. They're your chef. Because we don't always want to cook for ourselves. These people in our restaurant, what makes them any different from our moms sometimes? Seriously, they're feeding you. You didn't feel like making food today, so someone is making it for you. Why aren't we grateful towards these people? We make fun of them or whatever. They just made you food. You have dinner tonight because of them. We need them. The people who, like, clean your toilets and the janitors and, like, everyone. We need each other. And we t- and I like lawyers are important and doctors are important, obviously. But like fucking Christ, go into a store and they don't have a janitor and you're leaving. You need these people. We need each other. And we act like we don't. But I know that if you, we all lived alone and we, in fact, we know this for a fact because during COVID-19, suicide rates went up so crazy because we didn't get to see each other. We need each other. And you'd think that COVID-19 would bring us all together, but I don't think it has. And it's like kind of heartbreaking. And I'm disappointed in all of us. And I'm especially disappointed in myself because I feel like when I didn't have a car and everything, and I would go out and I would listen into conversations or whatever. But like sometimes I just put on my earpods. 
And it didn't take a while later until I finally interacted with people. And there was this time, this is the first time I didn't have my car. I don't, yeah, it was also last year. And I didn't have a car, different reason, different car. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. So many cars and so little years. But um, I didn't have a car and I would walk around a bunch and I'd bring in my film camera. It's my grandfather's film camera. And I have it because he died. <laughs> and so I have this film camera walking around and I think I put everything in correctly. And I'd go around downtown and join around the historic district. And I'd say, can I take your picture? And I was able to interact with people I would have never spoken to, never even glanced at. Thank God I didn't have a car at that time. And guess what? I don't have any of those photos because it ends up I've been, I was loading in the film backwards. And so none of those photos exist. And everybody who smiled at the camera for me, I'll, I'll never see them again. I can't even remember their faces. But, like, that was probably some of the best days I had during that year. Walking around to strangers and say, can I take your picture? And all of them be like, oh, yeah. And they smile. And it wasn't like a, uh, uh, you know, it was like a genuine smile. Because suddenly these people feel important enough to take a photo of. Because we make photos so important. They, they feel like a model. They feel beautiful. They feel like whatever. You know what I mean? And it, it, it takes nothing. It takes, a fa- it takes pretending to take a photo of someone to make someone's day. And we could all do that. We could all like make someone's day just by adding a compliment or by looking them in the eye when they ask you something. And being genuine. And I understand that sometimes you have shit days and you don't feel like doing whatever. I'm going to turn my car off now because I'm getting a little warm. And, and we don't feel like doing whatever. But that can't always be our, our excuse, right? You can't, we can't always make an excuse. Because we need each other. We do. And I just hope that this, that, that we figure that out and that we remember it and i hope that i'm saying all this and that i remember this by i i I, by my by march right that i remember this by fucking february christ i hope i remember this by next month by valentine's day when i'm all alone and sad and going to class that i remember that no I'm, i'm you i'm not alone i have everyone in the entire planet we all affect each other and I, I know we like to think that we're insignificant and nothing we do matter because I see that all the time when people say when I just remember I'm on a big fat floating walk and nothing I do matters that's not true that's an excuse and it's a lazy one what we do matters walk in a patch of mud that's your footstep and you may be like no these are generic shoes it's not my footstep anyone wearing these shoes can make that footstep not as deep as yours not as light as yours, your weight, your everything, the pressure you put in the mud, that makes it your footprint. No one else can make that footprint, even if they tried. And guess what? You can never make that same footprint again. Try making two same footprints. Try it and make them identical. Get some cement, step in it once, and then go on the side and step on it again and see if they look the same. They won't. Every little thing we do matters and it makes an effect even if it's so fucking tiny i know we're like oh well it's a tiny effect but like that's something that's something and and to say that all life doesn't what we do doesn't matter like fuck 
off. Oh, yeah, nothing we do matters. Yeah, yeah, we're all just going to die. Whatever. That's so, that's such a mentality. That's such a 50s mentality. Back when people would put all this shit in the air and now we're all suffering from climate change. Nothing we do matters. Obviously, that's not true. Then we wouldn't have a hole in the ozone. And that ozone wouldn't slowly be closing itself because of what we're trying to do. What we do matters. Christ, you know what I mean? And we are affecting each other and the way we smile at each other and we can't pretend like they don't exist, you know? And like, it's from the little things and it's it's like, I'm about to go off topic, but I'm going to bring it in together, okay? I think sometimes in first world countries, I was, I'm saying first world countries because I don't know what the technical term is for it. No insult to the other world countries, right? To second world countries. <laughs> but like the big, you know, know-it-alls and stuff, we see impoverished people, obviously. In all those countries, there's also a whole bunch of impoverished people. And we look at them and we feel so bad. We're like, aw. Hmm? Oh, they're homeless. Aw. Where are they sleeping tonight? Aw. Well, I'll give them a dollar. Well, let me buy them some food. Aw. Hmm. And then we go on and we forget them and we pretend like they don't exist. Or or worse, we look at them with disgust and we're just like, well, how did you let your life get there? What do you mean? Like, it's a fucking choice. I don't know. Like, like a lot of people don't choose to be homeless. Oh, just get a job. Like some people like that make like they can't. I don't know. Obviously, if they could be in a home, they would be. Have you ever been outside in the rain? Not outside in the rain because you wanted to run out there dramatically and kiss your lover and whatever, but been outside in the rain because you have nowhere else to go. And they and we block off our chairs and we put signs saying no loitering and all of this stuff and we say, hey, if you sleep under the bridge, we're gonna fucking arrest you. Well, then where do you go? You sleep in the rain, then. And obviously, if you if you could get an umbrella, you would put it up, but you don't have one. And you're like, well, and you you may think, well, obviously, I wouldn't be upset, but I would never get myself in this um, circumstance in the first place. But you don't know that. You don't know what gets them there. We all say, oh, well, they're just druggies. It's, that's an addiction. It's a sickness. If they all are, if every single homeless person is an, has an addiction, whatever, that's, that's not true. But if every single homeless person has an addiction, what, like, if you, if we, imagine, like, like having cancer and being in the street then it's a disease it's killing people they can't help it we can't help it you smoke you vape okay stop vaping there did i cure you no you smoke cigarettes oh stop smoking okay there you go like what are you talking about and then imagine this imagine this imagine having the worst day of your life you have nowhere to go it's fucking raining. You can't sleep under the road or you're under the bridge or they're going where they'll shelter or they're going to arrest you. And all you got is a pack of cigarettes. You're smoking that, aren't you? So change that pack of cigarettes to some heroin. Like, why would, like, how could I stay sober if I have to sleep in the fucking rain all night or in 30 degree weather with um, holes in my socks? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 
You know what I mean? And and like I'm not trying to get off track, but I'm saying like just like I'm saying we're our neighbors, these are our neighbors too. We're all neighbors. That fucking billionaire Jeff Bezos is my neighbor, just like the the homeless person that I pass by on the street every day going to work. We all affect each other. And Jeff Bezos and and Elon Musk and all of them, everyone we see in their mansions regularly, they know they can, they know they'll, they can, they can get people help. They're all places that have helped people with addictions. We see so many superstars. We see John Mulaney or anyone. I just, he was in Pussin Beach. John Mulaney is an addict. And he will suffer for that for the rest of my life. What makes John Mulaney any different from any of the people you claim are addicts in the street? What makes them, him any different? What? That he makes a joke every once in a while? Okay. No, what makes him different is he had money and he had good friends that got him help. Because if he didn't have them, he would die. And he knows he would die. And his friends know he would die. Because if they didn't know it, they wouldn't have made an intervention for him he knows it they know it we all know it because doing hard drugs will kill you that's a fact but that's not if you if you are prone to addiction or whatever whatever, yada 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 right can't we say that's true so what makes him you know like what so what makes the difference so why is he in puss in boots and why are other people in the street? And not no hate to Prison Boots and John Mulaney, but I'm trying to make a point saying the difference is that he was able to get help. And how, and I'm so happy he was, obviously. And I obviously hope that, that he lives a great life. I really do. I have nothing against John Mulaney. He's really funny. I saw him live. I think he's a funny dude, right? But I think everyone deserves that same, like, treatment as john mulaney fuck why am i talking about john mulaney so much christ <laughs> right though what i'm saying back to elon Musk and jeff bezos is that they have the money to help people and they are choosing not to and that's affecting all of us that's affecting our neighbors because they're withholding that's greed that is selfishness that is evil that's animosity they are hurting people by doing nothing and they're getting ritual because of it they're hurting our neighbors that is devastating and we need to care because we don't just sit on a floating rock we're sitting in our home we live here and we're all living here together it matters it's our life our lives matter and if you don't care about other humans, think of your fucking dog then. Doesn't your dog's life matter? This is his home too, right? These are his neighbors too, right? And I just hope, and I really do that hope, that we can all help each other. I really do. And I know that we know secretly, I know that we know that we make an impact on each other. I know we do, because if we didn't think that, no one would have created art. No caveman would draw in a, a draw with some mud or whatever if they didn't think someone else would see it, or if they didn't think it would make some difference. Sure, they did it to make themselves feel better, and then so they could go out and hunt better, so they can hunt for their family or something. They're, they're doing it for a reason. We know we're affecting other people. We know we do.
and because we know we do because we make music for people and we post it for people to listen to we know we make a difference because we make movies and we write things and we sing every once in a while and we dance in the street and we flip people off and we know those are all making a difference and we cuss and we know that's making a difference because you know when you go up to someone and say you're a fucking bitch you know you hurt their feelings you know you did that's why you said it so you also know that if you went up to someone and say, hey, I like your t-shirt, you know they'll get to be like, huh, I'm going to wear this t-shirt more often. You know they will. And we can't pretend like we're so obtuse to these facts. We are making a difference. We're impacting people. So let's try to do it better. And sometimes I wonder, going back to addiction, sometimes I wonder if being dicks is our addiction, right? Shopping's an addiction, 100%. You see some of these Shein hauls, no one who's buying all this shit from Shein, $500 once a Shein or Amazon or wherever they're getting it, wherever they're getting it. We know they know that they don't need $500 worth of clothing. And we know they're not all going to wear it. We know that when we go to the store and we spend $10 on a t-shirt, we're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wear this a couple of times, eventually give it to Goodwill. We know we are. But we buy it anyway because we're addicted. Or when we eat some bad food that we know is going to give us a tummy ache later. We do it anyway because we're addicted. I feel like when we don't look each other in the eye, when we don't, when we say something mean to each other, or when we do something bad, when we litter or whatever, because we're addicted to being dicks. I don't know. Like, I don't know how else you say it. We're addicted to it. We've gotten used to it. And, and I know for a fact that we could get better. Because John Mulaney got better. <laughs> See how I brought it full circle? But like, no, in all seriousness. Right? Like, like, uh, like, think of a mother who quits smoking when they're pregnant. That's fucking hard. That's really, really hard. And we know it is. Think of, think of fucking be- that movie Beautiful Boy and him having to stop doing drugs or whatever to make his father proud and to live a decent life or whatever. Like, that was probably the hardest thing he could possibly do but he did it and moms quit smoking all the time and people like stop eat like my dad my my dad changed his diet when we were born and i don't and i don't think about this enough because like really that's like the most amazing thing a father could do he changed his diet because he knew that like what he was eating was gonna kill him like, I'm not saying, I'm trying to bring anything about body positivity or wellness, but we cannot pretend like, like the way we eat does not later affect us. Obviously it does. Obesity and heart failure and I mean, heart attacks and all that stuff. It does affect us. It does kill people. These are facts. And my father looked at his life and saw the state he was going to and thought, I want to see my children grow up. So I'm going to stop eating like this. And he went and ran marathons when I was born. And like, you know, after I was born. Just so he could be in my life. Do you ever think that? Just so he could be in my life. And like, and that was hard. Are you kidding me? Because I find it hard when I have a bad day to not pull over and buy myself some candy. And he changed the way he, he eats 
for years? He went vegan at a time when I was a kid? Are you kidding me? That's hard. Just as hard it is for mom to quit smoking cigarettes when she gets pregnant, for a little teenage kid to stop, you know, smoking whatever, or, or like um, doing whatever drugs to make their parents proud. As hard it is for a college student to keep going to class even though they want to sleep in. All of those things are so hard, and we do it for each other all the time. You think, yeah, so many kids go to school to get graduate, but a lot of kids graduate because they know it's going to make their parents happy, and that's the only reason why. And they don't know what they're going to do after, and maybe they're miserable all four years of it, but they do it just to make their parents happy because we know we're affecting each other, and if we can do something to, to try to make other people happy, to try to help our children or help our parents or our friends or whatever it is, we could do it on a vast and in, in bigger shit, dog. I sure hope that wasn't my battery. Wait, let me see. Okay. Just my light went out and now it's back on. Okay, okay. I was scared for a second. But, like, we know we get, we're affecting people. And we know we can make a change because people have made changes. My dad stopped eating the way he did. Pregnant mothers stopped smoking. And, and kids stopped doing drugs. And people go to school and they graduate. And they don't always do it for themselves. They do it for other people. And it may be the most, like, the closest person to them. And if we could do it for the closest person to us, we can do it for a stranger as well. We can. And it's obviously going to be hard, right? And it's going to be really hard. And we're going to relapse. And you're going to gain all the weight back. And you're going to do whatever and yada, yada, yada. And it's going to take years. But we can do it. And when you relapse, we'll be there and we'll, we'll still support each other, right? Christ, like we've all had a friend that went up to us and said something really mean. And then they come back and they're like, hey, I'm sorry. And we're like, it's fine. We forgive you. And that's how it will be. And just like we are when some when you're like, hey, I'm going to quit smoking for the kids. And someone's like, okay, thank you for stop smoking for the kids. And you grab that one cigarette because you had a shit day. Your partner's going to still love you. They are. Just so that day when you go out and we're trying to be good people and you do one bad thing, you don't look someone in the eye, you, you go killing on someone, you ruin someone's day because of something that you did. And you feel bad about it later, we'll we'll forgive you. Because we're neighbors, because we're family, because we affect each other, because we know it's the right thing to do, and because we have the possibility, we have the we have the possible chance to and the urge to do good things. We I truly do believe that. I really, really do. Okay? And I know I'm really rambling. I, I do. And maybe I'm talking in circles and nothing I'm saying is making sense. Okay? I, I know. And if that is the truth, if I'm like rambling and stuff and you're like, okay, sorry for rambling so much. I was having a moment. <laughs> um, let me see. So there's this little poem I wrote. And I'm trying to find it now, but I, I honestly cannot remember 
what it was called. Um, let's see. Oh, I remember what it's called. <laughs> Let me look it up. It was a, it's a joke in the poem. Let me find this. Let me find it. You may think, why why don't you just pause and we record later? Um, because I don't want to. Okay, let me do it. Actually, <laughs> okay. So I wrote this last year, actually, and I was you know last year in the in poetry class. Um, you guys may have heard some of my other poems I wrote back then in season one, <laughs> whatever. Okay. So this is the poem. I'm beginning it now. It's titled Banksy. This one day I had work. I'm always at work, which sucks because in theory, I'm an anti-capitalist in retail. But in practice, I love a good deal in a fuzzy hat. So I'm trying, I'm straying off topic, but I think it was actually, I was actually heading to work. I can't remember if I had a car this time. I had this old, almost 20 year old pimp mobile for a bit. She died on me in the middle of one of Oglethorpe's turning lane. Poor old thing. Anyways, I'll say this is after she passed, so it sounds like I'm down on my luck, which I am because the buses never come on time, if at all. But on this day, maybe I did. Maybe it did. Like I said, I can't really remember. Maybe I didn't say that. So I'll say it now. I can't really remember. But I know I was walking into work, and white at all interest was a huge pile of, and I'm trying to cuss less in poems, so a pile of exile. I don't know if it's human or not. And I think maybe it was a gross big dog and a careless owner, but if it wasn't, if it was from a human, and since this happened downtown, like Broaden Street downtown, this human probably didn't have access to a toilet. Well, there are some at City Market. That's why I tell the tourists that want to pee on our store, they can't. The toilets are out of order and yeah we could fix them but then that mean we'd have to let tourists use the restroom and that's just an awful idea so maybe the culprit didn't want to use the city market restroom i mean obviously i was thinking maybe this pile of exile i don't know am i using that word correctly excretion of bile was like uh stick it to the man type of thing like a banksy but instead of spray paint it's you know and people walked past it, nose in the air, pretending it wasn't there. The same way they walked by the man on the bench in front of McDonald's. I think instead of getting the janitor to clean it up, we should have framed it. <laughs> and that's Banksy for you. Anyways, <laughs> go see Puss in Boots. You're going to love it. Okay? You really are. Um, and, and if you have someone you love, go hug them. Hold them tight, never let them go, and make sure they know how much you love them. Because you really do love them. You really do. So tell them that. Why not? Don't be nervous of that shit, okay? Text the person back, okay? Smile at the cashier and ask for the girl's number. And if you're a girl asking for a boy's number, don't do it! No, no, you can do it. You can do it. If you're a girl, you can ask for a boy's number. I just won't. Ugh! please. <laughs> I'm ch- I'm a changed woman, but I'm not that changed. Christ. <laughs> God, I keep saying God's name in vain. My apologies. My apologies. Okay. Y'all have a good one. Whatever time it is. I hope it's good. <laughs> um, yeah. Bye.